I just want to pray before I start. And I would just invite you to privately just ask God to speak to your heart during this time, to give him permission to speak what he wants to to you. And then I'll close. Lord, I thank you that this is a prayer you will answer, that you will speak to each one who's asked for that. It may not even be anything I say, but <clears throat> Lord, we just want to give you permission for your Holy Spirit to work and, and bless each one with what they need. And I thank you, Father. And, and Lord, please just give me the right words of what to share. You know, there's just so much. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I thought I, if I got four people, I'd be lucky. I'm, I'm surprised. So thank you for coming. Um, <clears throat> what we're going to talk about in this time is just kind of, you know, my own practical prayer life, what, what I found helps, what works. And, and if you really have a question, if what I'm saying is confusing, I encourage you to, you know, raise your hand and try to answer it. I may not be able to, but I'll try. But one of the first things I always have people saying to me everywhere I go is, how do I find the time? And everybody's just so busy. And I know even people who are going to school are busy. And I had, um, I was previously married. My first husband uh, died. But before he died, he was also a pastor. He rushed, we were went to school together. He rushed through school so he could get out in the ministry. And he thought, you know, when I get out in the ministry, I'm going to have time to read my Bible, really get to know God. Well, he interned under someone. And this person believed in working long hours, and they didn't need more than four hours sleep a night, is what they said anyway. And so they ran my husband from 7 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. He came home, dropped into bed a little after 11 at night. Now this guy, his name was Mike, was extremely happy, positive person. You know, for me, the glass, for him, the glass was half full. For me, it's always been half empty. You know that expression? Yes. And uh, a lot of people are optimists. Well, I'm a pe pest op optimist. You know what that is. <clears throat> I believe things will work out, but when they do, it'll be too late. Kind of thing, but anyway. But anyway, so he was really a positive person. Never, never had I ever seen him sad or down. And all of a sudden, after several months of working with his pastor, pastor was a good man. I don't mean that he wasn't. Mike got so depressed. And just, if he ever had a spare moment, he was curling up in a ball taking a nap. And that was not like him. He never took naps. But I knew he was really discouraged. And so I started praying for him. And of course, you know, he was praying too, I'm sure about it. And all of a sudden, one night, he wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I said, he said to me, Janet, what do you want? And I said, what do you mean, what do I want? I was asleep. And he said, but you called my name. I said, no, I didn't call your name. Go back to sleep. So we went back to sleep. The next night, he wakes me up in the middle of the night. And he says, Janet, what do you want? I said, Mike, I'm sleeping. I don't want anything. And he said, and, I, and he said, but you called my name. Why do you keep calling my name? 
I said, Mike, maybe you're a Samuel. Maybe it's God calling you. It's not me. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> the next night, I sensed him waking up, getting out of bed. We had a water bed, so everything moves. And he got out of bed, and I opened my eyes watching him, and I saw him grab his Bible off the dresser and go out of the room. Night after night, this started happening. Every night it kept happening. And also before that, what, I left out the part he started doing um, when he was discouraged. He started just carrying his little Bible with him everywhere. And any time he had a minute, he would open it and would read and would pray. Any time, just a few minutes, he's waiting on the other pastor. He would just start reading. That's what he started doing to begin with. And even like at the dinner table, when we're eating a, a supper, he would read his Bible there, which really isn't a good thing to do with your family. But I put up with it because I knew he needed it. So, you know, I let him do that, and my little toddler and I just would talk. <clears throat> Actually, we didn't talk. We kept quiet so he could read. But, but, but he was doing this for, I don't know, a week or so when God started waking him up in the night. And he started having the most rich experience with God. And at uh, prayer meeting, we were headed to prayer meeting one night, and I don't know, a couple of months had gone by. And he, we got to the church, and he said, you know, I forgot my steps to Christ. I'm going through steps to Christ with them. He says, could you go back home and get it? And I said, okay. So I went back home, and I'm a little perturbed because he forgot his book, and I got to go back home and get it and drive all the way back again. And I walk in the church, you know, just kind of not too happy. And I come in there, and I, I, you know, I came up, and I handed him his book, and then I sat down, and I looked at him, and I was just amazed. I mean, there was like a glow around his head. It was just this, and I just sat there in awe at what I saw happening in him. So what I'm trying to tell you is, you don't have time, God's got time. And he will show you how to make that time. Now, when you have that time with God, you know, a lot of times people think, and, and I have in the past too, oh, I got to pray through this long list of prayer needs. Do any of you feel that way? Oh, thank you. There's one. They got this long, maybe the rest of you don't experience that, but I got to pray through this long list. Well, have you heard of George Mueller? Yes, you heard of him this morning. Ron Pousset mentioned him. Oh, read uh, George Mueller's stuff. It is so good. <clears throat> but George Mueller, do you know about him? Oh, my, you've got to read about this man. Read about his, uh, his own biographies he writes, his diaries. But George Mueller was a pastor, and he'd go around and visit his church members. How's your time with the Lord? And people say, what time? I have to work 14 hours a day to put food on the table for my family. George got really discouraged. And he says, how am I going to get my members to spend time with God? And he decided to quit the paid ministry and pray for God to give him something to show that God, if you put God first, God will take care of you. So he started praying, Lord, what could it be? And God led him to pray for an orphanage building. And so he started praying for that. He didn't tell anybody about it, but he starts praying for this and prayed for quite a while. He prayed and God provides a building. And then he thinks, I don't have orphans. What do I do? So he starts praying for orphans. <clears throat> do you know that eventually coming down the street were people leading orphans to his building? Okay, so now he's got a building, he's got orphans, and God led to people to help take care of the orphans. Do you know what you have when you have those things? You've got problems. 
Because you got to have food, you got to have clothing, you know, you've got all the medical care, you got all these things you need. And George, every morning he's having his worship. Oh, Lord, this is, we got to have food, you know, and we're about to run out, and we need clothes, and so and so, you know, there's conflict, and just on and on. He was listing all these long needs. George's experience with God dried up. And he thought, what is, you know, wrong? And what God led him to do, and it's something I've been doing for a number of years, and that is the first thing he determined to do in the morning was to first get happy with God. Not bring to God a bunch of requests and long lists, but to take his Bible and read until he's happy with God. And that's what I do. I say, Lord, here I am. I want to be happy in you. Fill me with your joy and read until he does. And sometimes you got to read a long ways, but not always. But <clears throat> what he did, what I try to do too, and I hear other people doing this too now, is, is to let God lead me through it. Um, what, what I mean by that is lead me to praise him. Lead me to give him thanks. If he brings it to mind, uh, he brings it to mind as I'm reading the scripture that I need to confess something. Have you ever been reading a passage of scripture and you start getting just this faint thought of something God's telling you you did wrong or that you need to do different or that you need to go apologize to somebody. Do you ever get that? Yeah. You know what I do? I'll read all the faster. Oh, this is really good. This, oh, this is so good. Totally trying to avoid that thought. There's a few people standing in the back. I don't know if there's any empty chairs here. There's some over there. But I'll I, I'm, I mean, it's embarrassing to admit that, but I will try to just read all the faster like, and totally avoid that thought because I know what it is that's coming and I don't want to hear it. And, and is that silly? I'm trying to spend time with God and yet I'm avoiding the fact he's speaking to me. I had a friend tell me, you, I'll be riding along in the car listening to praise music and God will start speaking to me and it's something I don't want to hear, so I'll turn the music up all the louder so I can't hear them. Any of you ever do this? No? I am really, really working at saying when that starts coming, okay, Lord, you're speaking to me. I don't think I like it, but give me the courage to, hand, to, to deal with it, what you're telling me. But you know, well, I, sh I shared this morning, those of you there, that were there, of how God converted me and how he got me to start spending that time with him every day. And... I just, and I started praying, Lord, make it real, make it interesting, because this was boring, it was dull to me. By the way, even to this day at times, I'll get those thoughts as I go to read God's word. This is boring, this is dull. And yet I'm thinking, why? But I liked it yesterday. Or, or the thought, it's, it's so deep, you need to do so much study. Reading just a little bit isn't going to do you any good. You've got so much in you that needs to be changed, and just a verse or two is not going to help. Do you get those thoughts? Yes. Don't believe it. It's Satan's lies. Those are Satan's lies. He's desperately trying to stop you from reading God's word. Because this book, this book has the very life of Jesus coming into you when you read it. His healing power, his healing grace. This book can do for you what no other book can do. It is, it is so true. Don't believe those lies. Uh, Satan will come and try to do everything he can to stop you from reading it. 
you're having it come, just say, Lord, make it interesting. Help me, God, to understand it. But just one verse. You know, at times I'm in a crisis, stress, life's busy, and I can't concentrate on reading. I'm trying, and I don't even, you know, I can't even remember what I just read. And I will take just one verse and just keep praying it over and over and saying, Lord, help me to get out of this what I need. God, I cannot concentrate. Help me to be able to concentrate. I'm going to spend this time with you, Lord, whether I can concentrate or not. My son said to me a while ago, he said, Mom, sometimes, he says, I get those thoughts that I'm wasting my time. Do you get those thoughts that this is just a waste of time? That is Satan trying to stop you. It is not a waste of time. It'll do so much for your life. And, but, you know, I, I was having this experience and it, it was going really good. God, God was speaking to me through his word, just things I needed to hear and, and personal things. And, and I loved it and I'd share it with my family. I'd share it with my neighbors. And then one day it stopped. And I, I started praying. You know, I said, Lord, you're not talking to me. Why aren't you talking to me like you have been? I, I like it when you speak to me through the Bible. And it took me three days of asking that over and over before God answered. And, and I don't hear voices. It's just a faint thought. And I'll just say to begin with, and, and the quote is in your handouts. I've got a section in the back that's on um, hearing God, hearing God's voice, just quotes I put together in scriptures. But where Ellen White says that Satan can impersonate himself and make you think it's God speaking to you. So we must be very careful with those thoughts. And to me, the importance of that is, is having a spiritual mentor in your life. So for me, it's my husband. You know, if I get some idea, you know, if, if the Bible says this is wrong, this thought I'm getting to do, I know right there, don't do it. Because God does not go against his word. Never. I had a woman call me out. I'm leaving my husband. Uh, but, you know, the Bible talks against that. She said, but God spoke to me and told me it's okay to leave him. That's not God. God doesn't do that. He doesn't speak against his word. And so we, we need to be careful, you know, and if I get some, something that's kind of in that gray area, you don't know for sure whether it's God or not, and, and you know the Bible doesn't talk about it, I'll go to my husband, to Jerry, and he'll pray with me about it. And that's what you need in your life. And if you don't have that person, pray for that person, for God to bring you someone that, that will pray with you, not someone who will just start counseling you and telling you, but who will just take the time and pray with you about what it is. And... I, um, <clears throat> so God finally, this faint voice, faint, faint thought in my mind tells me, you don't care about what I show you. I said, what do you mean I don't care? Of course I care. I get all excited about it. I share it with my friends, my family. I care. And it took a while longer before it came. And it came as I was reading scripture. God started showing me what my problem was. He said, you don't care. You don't write it down. You know what Israel's biggest problem was? You go through the Old Testament over and over again. In one of my Bibles, I've circled it with black circles of ink. It says, Israel forgot. Israel forgot what God had done. Israel forgot what God had said. Over and over, Israel forgot. And God was letting me know it was really important that if I care about what he shows me, I need to write it down. Mm. Write down what he says to me. 
write down how we an write down the prayer requests, write down the answers. Do any of you do that? So some of you, oh, I can't encourage you enough to do this. Um, one time Jerry and I had to speak somewhere and we'd just been there uh, the month before. And he said, what are we gonna do? I said, well, let's just share the answers to prayers that have happened this last year. He said, Janet, we have a whole hour. I said, well, go read your journal, Jerry, because he also journals. And, and we don't have time to journal a lot, but just briefly write down those prayer requests, then come back and write down the answers. Or if you got an iPad or, or whatever, you got Evernotes. You, you not only with Evernotes can write down your, your prayer request stuff, you can put in pictures of the answers, all kinds of cool stuff in there. But, but it, you gotta be disciplined to not go to email yeah. and that kind of thing. So. So anyway, he goes off and he reads his journal. He comes back a while later and he said, Janet, God did so many things this last year and I totally forgot about him. He says, and I have to share the hour with you because he had so much to share now. But we forget, we forget. There's a woman who happened to be in a prayer group I was involved in and her son had just got through with drug rehab and then he dove in a river and paralyzed himself. And we started praying and praying. She needed to get him from Lincoln or Omaha, Nebraska to Denver, Colorado, where there was a special place for paralyzed people to help him. And she said, I have no way. I have no money. How am I going to get him there? I said, we're going to pray. So we prayed. God provided seven jets offers to take him to Denver. And I told her in many other miracles, and I told her, write it down, write these things down. She says, why? I wouldn't forget this. I said, you will, you'll forget. Write it down. I then moved away. I saw her a couple of years later and I started saying, remember how God did this and how God provided the seven jets? She says, no, I don't remember that. I'm telling you, we forget, we do. And if you wanna go on an amazing journey with God, write down those prayer requests. You know, for a while, for some time I delayed doing it because what if somebody opens it up and reads it? <laughs> reads my, and God finally let me know, you know, it doesn't care. I know you better than they do. And if I accept you, don't worry about it. So I don't anymore. I, I just write, him, write it down and, and write down the answers. But the, the amazing thing to me, you know, I started doing this years ago, is writing down the, answer, uh, writing down the prayer request. And I know my sons can't read my journal. They can't read my handwriting. It's really bad. But they've been gone all day. I know they haven't read it. And I'm telling you, by that night when they come home, it was like they'd read my journal, what I'd prayed about them. Because there was such a change that was happening. I don't understand why it makes a difference, but there is something powerful about writing down those requests. And then coming back and writing down the answer. And you know what else will happen? You will start having blessings and surprises that you haven't even prayed about, that you've only wished on your heart, and God is pouring out his blessings. Write those down too. But also write down the things God's telling you to do. Because if you're like me, you'll go, oh yeah, okay God, I'll, I'll do that, and then you forget about it. And writing it down helps you to remember, oh yeah, I need to talk to so-and-so, you know, I need to do this or that. The other thing is, when you're having your time with God, do you ever have of course, a lot of you are young, you probably don't have bills, but, but you ever have, oh, you need to pay the electrical bill, or you need to pay the rent bill, or, or oh, you need to do this, or, you need to call so-and-so. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to spend time with God, and I'm so distracted. 
I believe we serve a God that is so personal, so real, so intimately wanting to be involved in our lives that he cares even about my electrical bill or whatever it is I need to do. And, and so I keep my to-do list there and I will say, thank you, God, and I'll write it down and just keep it on that list. Or do you ever take your to-do list to God? You know, we're kind of told to do that in Steps to Christ. Take it before Him. Show it to Him. And He'll help you to know what to do on that list. But I've been overwhelmed, especially on a Friday. God, I don't know how I'm going to get everything done before sundown today. There's so much to do. And I say, Lord, here's my list. <laughs> what do I do? And I was just amazed the faint thoughts that kept coming. You know, you don't need to do this. Somebody else can do this. Da-da-da-da. And God worked it out. God wants to help you in your daily life. But, but you know, when you, you spend that time with him, it isn't like, wow, this is a wow moment every time that you just sense God speaking to you. I don't. Um, you know, I can read and have a time with God, and I don't really uh, haven't had anything profound happen. But I have a sense of his peace. And, and I know he's there. And as you keep doing it day after day, you, you know, as I said this morning, you're just hungry, you crave for it more and more. But you begin to see God working. But, but to be able to just be still. You know, for some people, and George Mueller talks about that, he'd take his Bible and go out in nature, walk and read, uh, do it together. And I don't know, that doesn't work for me. But, I, you know, I, I like to be in a, a room with God. That's the other thing, is keep everything together. So you're not, when it's time to spend that time with God, you're not searching the whole house to find your Bible, to find your marking pins. Whatever it is you need for your devotional time, keep them together. And my son, my younger boy here, a year ago or so, he was at the seminary, and he started trying to spend more time with God. And he literally, I came out, I was visiting him, came out, and he's standing. I said, why are you standing? He says, because I'll fall asleep if I sit down. <laughs> Well, he literally, he would, he would stand to have his worship, and it works. But to, uh, George Mueller would dunk his head in a cold bucket of water, because I don't think they had running water then. But, you know, to take a shower, keep drinking cold water, which, of course, make you go to the bathroom a lot, and that keeps you awake. But, you know, whatever it takes. But let's say you're spending that time with God, and you fall asleep. Do you feel guilty? you feel bad? Oh. You know, I'm convinced Satan is constantly there trying to make you fall asleep. And then when you wake up, he's there to try to make you feel terrible about it. What better place to fall asleep than in the arms of Jesus? Don't, don't let Satan put you on all these guilt trips. Your, your God doesn't do that. Your God will convict you of sin. And then it, it's your part to confess it, to ask forgiveness, to claim that forgiveness. But your God after that does not keep beating you down. He does not do that. If you keep feeling beaten down, that's Satan doing that to you. And how do you get over that? I don't know what works for everybody, but for me, it's memorizing scripture or, or, or just keep going over a verse of scripture. And, and when those guilty thoughts come, you know, I, I, I remember just working in my house and, and feeling so guilty about my past and just, oh, if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't done this, and just driving me crazy. And I determined one day, I went through the steps of accepting Jesus into my life for the probably the millionth time. But this time, I wrote it down, the date, in my Bible. And from then on, 
whenever I had these thoughts, God can't save you, you're too bad, and, and you've done too much in the past, whatever, I would take my Bible and point to that date and say, yes, I can be saved. This is the date I accepted Jesus Christ. And I know that his blood covers me. And when those guilty thoughts start coming, I would just start praying for somebody to be converted. If you want those thoughts to flee, start praying for somebody to be converted. Because Satan doesn't like that, and he will run. He will leave you alone. And then the next time he does it to you again, just start praying for somebody to be converted. But I was having my worship one morning. You know, I, you know, I, I probably reveal too much, but, but to begin with trying to spend time with God, I didn't want Jerry to see me doing it. Nobody. I'd hear him coming down the hallway. I'd shove the Bible under the bed and sit, sit on the bed. Nah, you know, like, oh, this straightening the covers or something. Why? Well, I was afraid. He saw me reading my Bible that then, you know, when he saw me do something wrong, he would be getting after me. Maybe you don't have these issues. But, but I just, I did. And, but what I learned was, it's okay. Just because I'm reading my Bible, it just means I need Jesus all the more. Amen. I need him. And, but, <clears throat> I was having my worship one morning, and the kids were little then, and I had this wonderful time with God, and I was praying. Maybe you never pray this, but I was praying, Lord, make me more like Jesus. I want so much to be like Jesus, you know, to represent Jesus to this world, to love this world to Jesus. And so I had this wonderful worship time, and I came out of that worship time, coming down the hall. Jerry was, Jerry's coming this way, and Jerry said something, and it really upset me. One thing I've learned about people you live with, whether it's your, your kids, your in-laws, your husband, whoever, Satan is there trying to get you to hear each other wrong. Right. He's just there to do this. And, and I heard Jerry wrong. And so I was upset. And I went on into the kitchen to fix breakfast for the kids. And they're sitting there eating. And Zach was a little guy. And I'm telling Zach, lean over the table, Zach. You know, you're going to spill your cereal on the floor. Lean over the bar, you know, in, to eat. Well, within a few minutes, the cereal was on the floor. And I'm down there cleaning up this mess and telling the kids, you got to get ready. We're going to be late for school. And then we rushed. We got in the car to go to school. And I go to turn the car on, and it won't start. It's dead. And I'm sitting there praying privately, shooting up this prayer in my mind. Great, I spend time with you, and look at what happens. Everything goes wrong. And I said, why, God, why? And just that faint thought, what did you pray for this morning? And I thought, what did I pray for? Oh, I prayed to be like Jesus. I prayed to be patient. And just that faint thought, I'm trying to help you. I don't know if those kind of things happen to you, but so much. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start to pray something, and then I'll go, I didn't mean that. I'll take care of it. <laughs> but then I say, no, I need your help. No, I need your help. Just help me to have the courage to deal with what you tell me. But I, you know, a lot of times people ask, how is it that God speaks to you through the word? Uh, you know, it's, it's many different ways, but... Um, but you, there's many different ways of things you can do in your devotional time. Sometimes God has just stopped me from where I've been reading. And I try to, uh, for the last several years, just to methodically read through my Bible. You know, when you're in those chapters in the Old Testament that are about all the killings and the wars, I have to read some of the Gospels. Because it just, you know, I need something else. And I love to read the Psalms. But 
Um, in, in reading, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Well, it'll come back, I'm sure. But, but in, in um, oh, I know what it was. I was going to talk to you how, how I sense God speaking to me. Well, like I was reading this one morning. It was a Sunday morning. And so I had a longer devotional time. That's the other thing. If you can, any way possible, schedule sometime in the year that you can get away with God for a day. And even better yet, twice a year if you can. But if you can't do it twice a year, at least do it once a year. Or if you can't even do a whole day, do a half a day. Do something that's more than just your usual devotional time where you get away just with you and God and spend that time. And you might want to do some type of fasting. Uh, you don't want to do too much because you might hunger pains will be too much you can't enjoy God. But just to eat lightly, just fruit maybe, you know, or, or raw vegetables or something. But just to keep it light and, and just spend that day with you and God. You know, so many times I've done that and I haven't felt like oh, I really, you know, nothing, nothing special really happened. But it does after that. There's something about doing that that just builds, builds, builds your Christian life with God. But I was having devotions. Jerry was in his study having his. And I don't know. I think he called me into his study or something. So I went in there. And he said, and this was early on where, where God was starting to drag me into speaking. And speaking has not come easy for me. It was terrible. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm spending time with God there in the beginning. And I start getting this urge, you need to share. You need to share what I'm doing in your life. You need to share. And I'm going, uh, no, no. I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert. No. Finally, after a week or so of God bugging me with this, I said, okay, if you want me to share, you get Jerry to ask me, make it happen. I knew that wouldn't happen. Within a week or so, God, God does it. Jerry comes to me, Janet, I want you to come help me share at such and such a place. I'm going, what? If God wants you to do something, he will work it out for you to do it. Are you wondering what is your spiritual gift? What is your ministry in life? If you spend time with God, quality time, and maybe you can't do it every day, but as much as you can, God will gift you for the ministry he wants you to do. I have watched that through the years. People who are spending quality time with God every day, God gifts them. People who've never written a book in their life start writing books. People who've never composed a song in their life start composing songs. Others start doing children's ministries, homeless ministries, all kinds of different ministries, speaking ministries. But God will push you into the ministry he wants you doing. You don't, as far as I'm concerned, you do not have to hunt to find it. You have that relationship with him. He will push you into it. It may not always be what you want to do, but he will end up giving you a joy that you enjoy it in, in doing it. So, you know, I was at that time in my life where I just was struggling with appointments yet and, and, and speaking appointments. And I go in there and Jerry says, Janet, um, I know we've had a lot of appointments lately, but, but such and such a place is calling and would really like us to come. And I said, no, no. I said, I've done enough. I've been doing this and this and this. I need a break. I've, had an, I've done enough. I, no, no. And I walked out, went back to my Bible, and I don't know how God does this. But there where I was reading, as I started reading on, it said, you lazy, wicked person. <laughs> <laughs> A 
and it just went on chastising me. But you know what I love about God when he chastises you? He always comes in and loves you. He starts with scriptures on down after that were, that were just loving me, that he loved me. And, you know, I sat there for a bit just kind of fuming, and then I finally went back to Jerry. I said, okay, I'll do it. And he goes, what happened to you? You know, he says, that was a big change. I said, you don't want to hear about it. Never mind. So, <laughs> but, he, but he'll do those kind of things. Or like one time, Jerry and I would had this long-standing disagreement. And I was fed up with it. It was a Saturday night. And I deter determined, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow morning in my worship. I'm going to ask God what he thinks. And when he shows me from the word, because I know I'm right on this issue. I know. I said, when he shows me, I'm going to take it to Jerry. I said, this is what the Lord says. So I couldn't wait to go to sleep. I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning because I couldn't wait to ask God. Because I knew that it was going to be good. And so I, I get my Bible and I, I started reading where I had been reading and just saying, Lord, you know how Jerry and I have had this disagreement. Would you please just show me how you feel about it? And I kept on reading and God started showing me. God started showing me not that Jerry was right, but that I needed to support Jerry in it. And I didn't like it. I was really upset. I like to say this was early on in my experience so that maybe you might think I'm more mature now. And... But I, I got upset with God, and I was just, Ugh. and And I decided, okay, I turned to the Old Testament. That was in the New. I wanted to get away from it. Everywhere I turned was the same principle. I could not get away from it. I finally just shut my Bible. And it took me a while to go to J Jerry. It took me a while to tell God I was sorry that I got upset with him. But I, it took me a while to go to Jerry and tell Jerry what God had said. Of course, Jerry was thrilled when I told him. <laughs> but God does those things. He, if we're earnestly seeking him, he will speak to us. Through the, show us principles in his word uh, of what it is, you know, that we're concerned about. But sometime later, it was, a, again, a Saturday night. Saturday nights in the past have been hard for us. You know where Jesus says, watch and pray, pray and watch? That is so important. It's something I'm just beginning to realize how much we need to watch. You've got to continually be watching, praying for God to help you to watch. For the time Satan just comes in and attacks you in just ways, you're, just blows you sideways. You, you're not expecting it. And it's so important that we watch as well as pray. Well, this Saturday night, Saturday nights had, had been hard for us because, you know, we're working hard all week. We're ministering all weekend. Saturday night, Late at night, you're, you're falling into bed, and, and that's a time where, where you can get stressed with each other. And this one Saturday night, we, we had gotten into this argument thing. And Jerry wants everything to be at peace when he goes to sleep, so he wants to settle it now. And I said, no, I don't want to settle it now. Just let me go to sleep. Let me go to sleep. So he was patient, kind with me that night, and let me go to sleep. And, and I de determined next morning, I, I got up. It, uh, God woke me up, and I got up to spend time with him. But I determined I was not going to ask God what to read because I didn't think I wanted to hear from him this morning. So I did not ask God, and I just started having my worship time, and, and I turned to the Psalms, and I started praising God with the Psalms, just worshiping him, having this wonderful experience, I thought, thanking him, praising him, totally 
totally avoiding the fact I had this disagreement with Jerry. Just totally avoiding that. I mean, is that crazy? But how much we do that in our religious life, in our time with God. We've got somebody we've just chewed out or treated terrible, or we've got this, this conflict between us, and we think we can just have this wonderful worship time with God while there's a wounded soul over here. And so as I'm praying in praising God and thanking him, I'm in the Psalms, I suddenly get this thought, why don't you read Proverbs for today? You know, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And I'd learned years before that you should read one chapter of Proverbs every day because there's 31 for the whole month. And that if I did that, I'd be a wise woman. Well, I hadn't been doing that. So I thought, oh, I better start doing that so I can be wise. So I thought, well, what is today? And I looked at the calendar. It was October 8. And I said, okay, I'm going to read Proverbs 8. So I turned to Proverbs 8. And I started reading it. And it was really good. It was about wisdom. I was reading it, it was about wisdom, and I was enjoying it until I got to verse 7. Verse 7 says, For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination in my, to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. Right as I read that, I just felt my heart tighten. Just the stabbing sensation in my heart and tighten. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I thought, perverse, wonder what that means. I wasn't sure what it meant. Well, I kept on reading after that. And I'm thinking, ah, yeah, I'm going to have to go apologize to Jerry again. And I go on down reading, reading. I get to verse 13, and it happens to me again. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. Well, this time I decided to get out a dictionary and look up the word perverse because I, I thought I knew what it meant, but I wasn't positive. But I look, get out the dictionary and look at it, and you know what it means? Sarcastic joking. And that's what had gotten me in trouble the night before. So I said to God, I said, Lord, and, and what, what I love, though, is on down, you know, God starts loving me. He says, I love those who love me, I, and those who seek me diligently will find me. You know, he's so good. But I started saying, Lord... You mean I got to go and apologize to Jerry again? I said, this man's not a Moses. Do you think he's a Moses? You know the story of Moses, right? Of Marion and Aaron. They criticize Moses and they get leprosy. And so I'm letting God know Jerry's not a Moses. And, and I said, in fact, if you need to know some of his problems, I can give you a list, God. <laughs> but they, they, the only response I got was just that faint thought, impression. I don't care about how people treat you. What I need is for you to reflect Jesus to others. And that really made me think. And I said, well, Lord, you got to help me do this. And God says, I will. If we will just be open and willing, he will help us. And it wasn't that Jerry had done anything bad. Really, it was me with my sarcastic mouth. But the point is, it's hard to humble myself and go and to ask forgiveness. But we cannot go wrong in doing that in our relationships. But I'll never forget my, my I was late, you know, I need to get the kids to school. I hadn't seen Tyson come out of his bedroom. And I go and I knock on the door and I said, Tyson, come on, you're going to be late. We've got to get out of here. And I opened the door and I looked and he looks at me 
and, and he said to me, what's the use of me spending time with God if this is the way I get treated? And it just really shook me up. I, I was letting Satan use me to discourage my son. And he'll do that with each of us. Uh, someone around us starts growing spiritually. And Satan will come in and just get us to do something to try to discourage them. And that's why we need to watch and to pray uh, that, that we don't let Satan do that with us. I don't know if uh, what I'm saying is confusing, if it makes sense at all. Does anybody? It's all right. Um, reading the Bible, one of the things I've found that's really helpful along with that is to read the conflict series. But I asked my son, Zach, here a while ago. I said, Zach, you have changed so much. I said, what? This is through text messages. Uh, we, I said, what, what's happened, Zach? What, what is God? How is this happening with you? And he started saying, I don't know, Mom. I don't know. I just keep spending time with him. But Zach started saying, he says, you know, I've really, besides reading the Bible, I really, he's got uh, an, an iPad with all of Ellen White's writings. He says, I've started by subject, looking things up and just topics and, and reading what she has to say on it. And he said, it's just so blessing my life and giving me the courage to change. My older son Tyson said to me one day, he said, you know, Mom, he says, I can read pages and pages of some religious writer, and it'll take pages and pages before I'll get a good thought. He says, but with Ellen White's writings, it's like every line is a powerful thought. And it's so true. It's so true. But still, you do not want to put down the Bible for Ellen White's writings. You must, must make this God will speak to you through this. God will heal you through this. God will empower your life. Um, you know, we, th through the years, have, have seen a lot of major miracles happen. Just one recently here happened with Hope Channel with the 10 days of prayer. And it happened in my worship time. I'm praying, Lord, what can we do for the 10 days of prayer with Hope Channel? Uh, in the, the year before, we had people pre-record talks and testimonies. And we, we really couldn't do that this year. And just this faint thought comes to me of what to do. So I write it down. And then I went and presented it to Jerry. And I said, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. But they took it to Hope Channel. They talked to him about it. And they did it. And do you know that doing that, they got the most audience people watching they've ever had during that time and the most hits on Facebook. But God will bless you. God will use you and speak to you during those times. But write it down. Write, write down what he says. And, you know, for me, I, I do take and use the Psalms a lot. Because do you realize every emotion is in the Psalms? My son Tyson, he has used Proverbs. I'll never forget when he's a young teenager. You remember me saying this morning, uh, Tyson came to me and said, Mom, you've changed. Teach me to know God like you do. So I started trying to tell him, you know, read your Bible and stuff. He comes back to me after a while, a week, I guess, and says to me, Mom, it's boring. It's dull. I, I don't like it. And, of course, my heart sunk. You know, you want your kid to, to like it. So I started praying with my prayer partner. God, make your word exciting to him. Lord, please make your word exciting to him. Two weeks went by, and I was in the kitchen fixing dinner, and my son comes walking in. He says, Mom, you know... God's word is just so exciting. The exact same words we've been praying for him. Do you see that? 
I see that over and over again. The specific words, been praying for somebody in their life, it will come out of their mouth. The same things. And he started, and it happened to be Proverbs that he liked. And he says, I just love the books of, book of Proverbs. And he says, I've just learned so much. And he said, in fact, Mom, you could learn a few things too. And he started pointing it out to me. And he was right. I, I needed it. But the thing is, though, Tyson has read Proverbs so much that he has never tried to memorize it. He has just read it so much that he's about got the whole book memorized just from reading it so much. And, and he is a wise, wise young man because of it. I call him up for counsel stuff. And the work God's led him into now, he, he's really needed that. But So what I'm saying is maybe Psalms isn't your niche. Maybe Proverbs is, but something. But let God lead you as to what you need. But in the Psalms, for me to take them and to pray them back to God. Do you know every emotion is in the Psalms, from depression to jealousy to anger to joy to peace to celebration? Everything's there. And as I meditate on the Psalms and I pray the Psalms, God heals me, heals me of what's going on. You know in the Psalms, there's verses like, kill them, Lord, make their house into a dunghill. The writers of the Psalms are just totally open and honest with God. And that's what God wants in us. In Psalm 60, in 62.8, it says, pour out your hearts to God. God is a refuge. God has shoulders big enough to handle anything you have to say to him. And if you don't pour out your heart to him, you know what will happen? Emotional wall will come up between you and God. And you say, well, why? God knows what I'm thinking, right? I don't know why. I just know it happens. And, and I think, well, I don't want to go tell God I don't like Sally. She'll, he'll just tell me to go love her. Or, you know, I can't tell God I'm angry at him. He might strike me with lightning. He's God or, or just whatever it is. No, we need to be open and honest with God and tell him whatever it is. You read it in the Psalms. That's what they did. You know, one place it said, you know, dash their babies against the rock. Do this, do that. Lord, wake up. Why are you sleeping? Work, move. God wants that raw honesty from us. But what I love in the Psalms is it continually goes back. And yet I will remember what you did on Mount Hermon. Yet I will praise you. I remember the things you did in the past. It is so important to come back and to praise God. If you, you got a, a problem and it's really bad, what do you do? I'm talking about a problem that's so bad you're doubting if God exists. Or you're thinking, is he asleep? Does he not care about me anymore? Do any of you have that? Or, or you, maybe you're sleeping. Some of you have that problem. A few of you do. I found the answer years ago in Psalm 77 of what to do when life is so bad and you are so, you know, you, you feel like God's asleep or he's not working or you start wondering, is he even alive? Hey, we need to quit, don't we? Okay. We're going to quit. But I just to share this quickly with you. Psalm 77, it starts out with, uh, you know, I, I cry out to God. I'm awake. I'm too troubled. I can't sleep. And, and will God ever answer? But then he gives the answer of what to do. And please remember this, because this will be life-changing for you, unleashing power in God's in your life. He gives the answer in verse 10 and 11 of what to do when you're feeling so bad and God's not answering. It says, and I said, this is my anguish. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. You hear what it's saying? 
Remember what God has done in the past. And that's why the journal is so important, just to briefly write down those prayer requests and the answers. Because then when you're really discouraged and you say, where is God? Why doesn't he answer? Then you've got that journal to go back to and say, Lord, I want to thank you, praise you for how you worked in January of 2013. Lord, remember what you did in July of 2009 or, or whatever year it is. God, I want to praise you for how you worked then. That unleashes God's power. Ministry of Healing, we're told that God, loved to be God loves to be reminded of the things he's done in the past in our lives as arguments for him to do greater things in the future. And one of the best ways to do that is what I'm saying. Maybe you got a memory and you can just remember and praise God and thank him for the things he's done in the past. But for me, that journal helps so much because when you're really desperate, you wonder, you know, big miracle yesterday, yesterday, but today, ah, there's a huge problem. And having that journal to praise him with, to thank him with, it unleashes his faith in your life. It unleashes his power in your life. And we're going to quit. So you just bow your heads with me. Lord, you know there's so much that could be covered, so much to be said. But you are the God who pursues everyone in this room. And you are the God who will teach each one in this room how to go to a much higher level experience with you. And some are already experiencing that, but others really need that right now. So Lord, we just pray, pray for you to move mightily on their behalf. Baptize them with the Holy Spirit. Make your word come alive in their life. Show them how to make that time precious with you. And I thank you, Father, for blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.